Tim Alberta, uh, has, the writer, he's he's written a number of locations, the Atlantic in particular. He, he kind of his profile of Chris Licht at CNN kind of put the final nail in the coffin for Chris Licht's tenure at, at CNN. I, I know Tim. He's a very nice guy. He's written a book about evangelicalism in America, and he had a, a, he had a situation very similar to a situation uh, my family had. His, I think, is inarguably worse. His dad died, and his it, really his career was was gaining momentum. He's going to be a moderator in a presidential debate, and and his dad, who was a Presbyterian pastor, died, and he went to the funeral, and very rude things were said to Tim Alberta, uh, who's not really a fan of Donald Trump, and of course he's in the media as well, and and people at his father's funeral. Wanted to rub politics and Trump in Tim Alberta's uh, face, and it it was obviously very offensive to him. And he's he grew up in the church; his dad a pastor, and he's written a book uh, about problems in evangelicalism. You know, my wife, when she discovered she has this incurable form of lung cancer, Back in 2016, I, I was was not a Trump fan, um, and she told her Sunday school class, or her Bible study, rather, Bible study class, and a woman came up to her after Bible study and told her that she would pray for my wife, but also wanted my wife to know that the woman wanted to slap me, like drag the politics into it. I'll pray for you, but I want to slap your husband. Uh did not strike my wife. He, politics makes people do weird, wild things. Rob Reiner, the atheist progressive, is putting out a documentary on Christian nationalism. I, I have strong opinions on, on Christian nationalism. There are people who use the term to describe themselves who they're really not in in any sense. Like they don't want to pass laws in this country that demand that uh, no one can get elected unless they're Christian, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Some of them do, but those are those are the, the real Christian nationalists. Uh, there are some who just use the term because they know they get a rise out of the left, and this is um, about owning the left as opposed to advancing the kingdom. And and they've defined their faith by their politics. There are people out there, the the Theo Bros out there, who are convinced that. Unless you're bashing uh, social justice from the pulpit, you are closetly woke. Uh, they're as bad as the wokes who think you got to talk about social justice and George Floyd in every sermon till kingdom come. I, I want to say something, and I really feel compelled to say it. I mentioned this last night. I was doing an uh, event for my seminary, Reformed Theological Seminary. I'm not taking class right now, and I haven't in several years because life got busy I was for a time doing six hours of radio, uh, rearranging my radio show. I'm, I'm ready to go back and take classes. Uh, w- my schedule hopefully settled down next year. I can I can take. I was just taking one, one a week. It's two hours in an evening, once a week. They've been very flexible with me, and I'm ready to go back. I, I miss being there and doing it because, it, it, frankly, it's good for my soul, I think. But in all these conversations the media is having about Christian nationalism and the problems with evangelicals in America and, and the partisanship within evangelical churches. Do you know there are tens of thousands of preachers 
who are going to get up tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And they're going to go on their Saturday to the hospital to visit members of their congregation who are in the hospital. And then they're going to go home and prepare their sermons for Sunday, which they've been working on all week, when they're not at their real job. Do you know a majority of pastors in the United States of America have full-time jobs doing something else? They're not paid to be pastors. It's actually an anomaly in this country for pastors to be full-time. If you're a full-time pastor in a church, you're enormously blessed. Now, you know this. You, You know what the data shows that most pastors in the United States pastoring small congregations have full-time jobs elsewhere. This is such my frustration. And I've got friends spread across the spectrum. I've got friends who participate with Rob Reiner. Uh, I, I, I like Tim Alberta. I think highly of him. Uh, I've got friends who use the phrase Christian nationalists to describe themselves because they think he gets a rise out of all the right people. We're doing in the conversation every single person who does that sort of stuff on all sides, who participates with the documentaries, who who makes a big deal out of out of the rise of partisanship within the Evangelical Church of America. I think every single one of them across the board are doing a terrible disservice because the overwhelming majority of the pastors of this country will never be known. They will never be famous. They will never write books. They will never have their 15 minutes of fame on the internet. They will never have their sermons go viral. They will go to the nursing homes and the hospitals and their day job at the office, and they'll stand in a pulpit on Sunday and try to make sure people know that God is real and, and they don't have to worry, put their put their trust in Jesus. They will go back to their families that afternoon, haggard and weary from the world. They will be attacked by members of the congregation because they said or did not say that one particular thing a member of the congregation wanted them to say, or the hymn was the wrong hymn and they should have used a different hymn or a different version of the hymn, or why not try something modern or why something modern instead of something old? Why can't you go back to the old? They will deal with all of that and the heckling from their own congregation, and then they'll have to go tune into Rob Reiner's video where he's lecturing people about the threat of Christian nationalism in America, where he paints with the broadest brush possible to damnably indict pretty much every Christian in America as something that should not be. And then he'll deal with the Theo bros who have decided because his sermon didn't talk about social justice, he must be a closet woke and should be purged from the pulpit. We do these people such a disservice. I'm mindful of this conversation more so than most right now because I have been interviewing pastors for my Christmas show. And I I don't really talk uh, deep theology. Uh, What I have talked about is pastoral care during this holiday season because of the number of people who struggle with depression and the like. Uh, How do you as a pastor deal with that? How do you talk to people about depression? How do you talk to your congregation struggling to recreate that precious memory that they had and, and it draws drives them to despair at the holiday season because they can't recreate it personally, uh, perfectly? How do you do that? Things like that. But I was thinking about it because I've, I've never 
interviewed my pastor before because I was afraid that it could attract hate mail to the church, but people have long figured out where I go to church. And my church and my seminary both get hate mail about me. In fact, uh, the, the president of, of Reformed Theological in Atlanta last night at this event said he, he's frequently gotten, well, I shouldn't say frequently, a, a, about a dozen times or so, gotten hate mail about your student. And he, he says, I can very confidently tell him you're not a student right now. But they get the hate mail. My pastor has gotten people, including other pastors who took issues with things I said, call my pastor and tries to drag him into the fight. I'm finally like, you know, Chip, I, I, I can finally, I feel comfortable interviewing you because at this point you're getting the hate mail anyway. But I also interviewed the pastor I grew up with. His name is Joe Neesom, Dr. Joe Neesom. And he has been the pastor of the church I grew up in in rural Louisiana, First Baptist Church of Jackson, Louisiana. He's been the pastor since 1983 when I was in third grade, and he is still the pastor of that church. I remember when he and his family came. I remember when his wife was there. His wife passed away a number of years ago from cancer, and he's still there. And now his daughters are there, and his grandkids provide the music where his wife once provided the music. And he is a brilliant theologian, y'all. He is brilliant. My wife considers him gold standard of, of preacher. She, she hears him. Uh, he never. I have never heard him do a sermon where he does not tie the Old Testament and New Testament together. He does expository preaching line by line through the Bible. I'm, I'm sure he's gone from Genesis 1-1 all the way through the end of Revelation. And he's never going to get anything named after him other than possibly family. He's not going to write the bestsellers that you're going to read at the Christian college. He's not going to be the keynote speaker at the Evangelical Theological Society. But he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He's got a wonderful singing voice too. And he's been the pastor there since 1983, a rural church in rural Louisiana that has seen the ebbs and flows of congregations and now growing again as other pastors in the area have decided to go all in on social justice and, and things like that. And he's just an expository preacher, line by line of the Bible. He's never going to get the credit. He would be blasted absolutely as a Christian nationalist in the Rob Reiner movie because he believes there's a role for Christians in politics, people to be guided by their faith and faith in Christ, to, to be in politics. And, and he, he's, he's totally fine with that. But he's not someone who believes that this country needs to tear up the Constitution and start over in, in some way where only Christians can get elected to Congress and things like that, which is what Christian actual Christian nationalists believe. And to have people in the evangelical community collaborating uh, to, to essentially smear evangelicals because there's no nuance when these things are done. There's no what about the 15, 20, 30, 100,000 pastors out there who have day, day jobs and work on the weekends to pastor churches and go to hospitals and visit the sick. There's no focus on the small rural church in Louisiana where the pastor's been there since 1983 who shepherds that flock as best he can. But there's no nuance on the other side issue of the Theo bros who are like, well, if you're not talking about the contemporary immediate issue of our time and doing it to attack the wokes and drag politics into it, you might be a closet social justice warrior. We need to purge you too. There's no winning on either side of that. Too many people on both sides have been radicalized by the people they hate. 
Too many people have been radicalized by the people who hate them. And too many people are now using their bully pulpits to define, redefine, or smear an entire group of people of faith that they either love or hate. And on the day-to-day basis, there's the guy who's going to get up in the morning and go to the hospital and pray with his congregant and then go work on a sermon. He's going to be there on Sunday, and then on Monday through Friday, he's going to be at a day job somewhere in an office, a mechanic shop, on a farm, plowing a field. And all of that gets overshadowed by so much of the conversation right now that we're having in the country uh, when it comes to religion and politics, when it comes to Christians and politics. And I just got to say, shame on all of you, not not you, the car, not not you, the audience. But those of you, the Theo bros who are out there screaming that everything is woke and we got to fight back and, and let's go Christian nationalist, rah. And shame on those of you who just can't nuance and point out the fact that the overwhelming majority of Christians in this country and people in the pulpit, they're not out there engaged in and diving into the politics of the day in in ways that are offensive to scripture. Most of them are just trying to get by the day. You've got the moms who have their babies crying and they just need to change the diaper, feed the baby and put it down for a nap. You have the dads who are just working and then doing after school sports. And you got the pastors who are just trying to make sure that people make it through the week and know at the end of the day that God is real and everything's going to be okay. And instead what you've done, all sides on this have made it about yourselves and your personal grievances about the people who don't like you, and it's time for you to go after them. And it's happening on both sides. Absolutely. The Theo bros and the people who've decided that there's something rotten in evangelicalism. And meanwhile, it is that evangelical pastor who's completely ignorant of the entire conversation, who's going to be tarred and feathered by others because he is a pastor. But tomorrow morning, he's going to be doing what none of you are doing, going to the hospital to pray with someone who's about to die. That matters most.